0: Well, good day, Fellowship. It's great to have you here with us as we continue on this series called Follower, and we're really defining what a follower of Jesus Christ is all about. Last week, we talked that the follower of Jesus abides in Christ. We talked about that relationship between Christ and us, just like that vine and the branches, that apart from him, we can do nothing. Well, this week, we're going to be taking a look at a follower uh, is clearly focused on Christ. Clearly focused on Christ. You think about your view of God, there are a lot of things that are drawing you to, uh, picture what God might be like or who He might, who He might be. Uh, as I talk to a whole bunch of of people on faith matters, I, they, they tend to start with I'd like to think that God is, in other words, it kind of scares me as soon as we go, I'd like to think that because it kind of shows us that we can construct a view of God, but there are some things that are driving a view of God in each of us. For some of us, it might be our passions. That's a big key word. That's a soundbite for our culture today. We, we need to be involved in things we're passionate about. And so when we come to God and we're, we see uh, the world and we see the hurts in the world, some of us are driven by compassion. Others of us are driven and passionate about justice or righteousness on earth. So that drives us in our view of God. And we tend to focus on those things that align with our passions. There's others of us who come and we have priorities and we say this is most important to me when I think about God and so I am going to pursue God in these important, with these important areas and our priorities can do that. We can put God into our agenda. Others of us, we have an issue with the past. We've had failures in the past, whether we've been failed in relationships or whether we failed tests or broke laws or fell fallen short of of expectations. Our past failures get in the way. Others of us, our present worries and anxieties, they they get in the way and we're overwhelmed. Some of us are living in survival mode and we wonder, does God see us? Where is God in the midst of all of this suffering? And some of us, even in our pain, our hurts, whether what people what people have done to you or done against you, your hurts get in the way of your view of God. Now, these are things that can draw us to God, but they shouldn't. They shouldn't drive our view of God. And so we, when we come to understand who Jesus is, what He's done for us, what He's saying to us, what He's calling us into, we've got to clear away these things. So that we can clearly see him the way he presents himself to us and God has acted and God has spoken and he's spoken to us in his word. So if you have your word open up to John chapter 1 and John is going to introduce us to Jesus and he's going to introduce us to Jesus using one word word the word. He's going to talk about Jesus with that definition of the word And in the time when John wrote this, the word meant two things to do two different people. If you were from the Jewish faith, you interpreted the word of God to be the authority of God, to be God speaking into our lives. And so we need to be people who listen to and follow his word. When the word shows up, we actually have the presence of God in our lives. If you were from a Gentile or or Greek environment with your philosophers, they believed in an eternal word. It was a broader term, not necessarily associated to one God, but it was kind of that that you know cover all statement. And in in reality, it means the God who created us, the God who knows us, the God who speaks to us, and the God who works in us. And so John really leverages the word in this passage let's take a look in john chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 he says this in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god what is john revealing we've heard that before right we've heard in the beginning where do we hear in the beginning someone want to say Genesis. Good. Some of you know your Bible. And it's the first verse. It's one of the most commonly known verses in the Bible. And John goes and says, in the beginning, what is he saying? He's giving us the identity of Jesus. He's showing us who Jesus is. And he's saying, you know, the God who created us, the God who was in the beginning, the God who was before creation, the God who always was, is, and ever shall be, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Jesus is God. If you ever have a question of where in the world does it say that Jesus was shown as God in the scriptures, John 1-1 and John 1-2. It shows us that He was in the beginning and the Word was with God and the Word was God. We get a picture of the identity of Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people in this world who think that Jesus was just a moral guy, a good guy, much to be emulated like Mother Teresa or Abraham Lincoln or our favorite president, whoever that might be. I mean, we tend to make Jesus just a man and a good person. The scriptures elevate Jesus to God himself, God in the flesh. The identity of Jesus is shown here. But look how John develops it even more. Take a look at verse 3. He says this, all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So here, John introduces another picture. He gives us, he takes us back to Genesis and he reinterprets the word back in Genesis, who now came and lived on this earth being Jesus. And he's showing us another thing. He's showing us what Jesus has done. Jesus is God created. He is the creator of all things. Everything was made through him. John says. He says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. If you go back to the creation story, does anyone know what the first thing that God created? He looked in the darkness and the void, and he said, I'll just feed it to you. Let there be light. Light." Good, you got it. Okay, so that was the first thing God created, and it was so. He spoke, and something... Came out of nothing. That is totally unlike us. Because we need something to make something else. We need some materials to make a finished product. God said into nothing and something became. It is this powerful creator who is Jesus. He was there in the beginning. From him and through him and to him are all things. This is Jesus. He is the one who created us. Theologians would call this God's general revelation of himself. In that, when we look at creation, we see beauty, we see wonder... Our minds are captivated. We want to we explore it more. We want to try to uncover it more. We want to find out how it came into being. We want to find out how life is sustained. We have curious minds. And our creator created us to seek after him. That general revelation is what is shown to all people, whether or not they believe in Jesus or not. It's shown to all people of there is a God. He is a creator and he's, he's made this world in everything that is. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. But God doesn't just stay generally with us. He doesn't say generally, I'm the creator. (laughs) He goes in more specifically. And let's take a look at how this is developed in the book of John. Keep reading verse 6. He says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light... But he came to bear witness about the light the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world He was in the world and the world was made through him yet. The world did not know him Look look back on this. Who is this John that John is talking about just so happens They share the same name, but they're two different guys One's the writer and the other one is John the Baptist. That's the John that's mentioned here in this passage And he's saying that John the Baptist came to bear witness about Jesus, who was the light of the world, who came into this world. And he said he was there so that all might believe through him. Here's specific revelation. Specific revelation is what God is using to call us back into a relationship with him. God has spoken specifically in Jesus Christ. He was in the world. The world was created by him, but the world did not know him. So that the world would know him, Jesus came. That the world would be introduced to God, Jesus came. He lived, he died, and he rose again for us. He lived a perfect life for us because we needed this specific revelation from God. God is saying, be restored to me. And God's specific revelation of his word to us is that if you have an ear, if you have eyes to see, if you have ears to hear, listen, look, seek after him because he's shown himself to us. We have a God who is. He's shown himself in Jesus Christ. We have a God who has done this. He's showed up on this world. He lived, he died, he rose again for us. And we have a God who's speaking to us. This is a personal God. We don't have to grasp or claw our way to God. He is a God who came to us. Are you listening? That's what God is calling us into. And then let's take a look at this. In verse 11, he says, he came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. In other words, Jesus came and lived on this earth, but he came to a Jewish audience. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets, prophecy shown in the Old Testament to the Jewish people. But his own people did not receive him. But he didn't just come for Jews. He came for all people. That's why it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children who weren't born uh, from, from blood or from the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And then take a look at verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Do you see this? This is, in other words, God God is in the person of Jesus God showed up and acted and created this world, and Christ did that. Jesus is speaking to us. The word became flesh, and Jesus is calling us. He's calling us in, as an invitation to come back to the family of God. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. There's probably no other greater picture of who Jesus is and what he came to do than John chapter 1. Matter of fact, the early church memorized this passage and would recite it as a hymn when they would gather together so they would always remember that Jesus Christ is God. He's he's truly God. He's fully man. He took on flesh and he lived for us. So they would never forget that in the world where they were swayed by popular opinions of God, where we're swayed by even personal impulses to craft God according to our desires rather than to let him stand for who he is. This invitation is something we're called into, to be in his family, the family of God. The God who formed you is the God who calls you to be a part and to belong in his family. So it's a God who's shown us who he is. He's a God who's acted. He's a God who speaks to us. He's a God who invites us to be in his family. As I look at this, there's a few responses. There's a few questions I have. If you kind of go and go, you know look at this and go, okay, that's a good theology lesson. And we can see this truth that really he is the God of creation. He is the God of revelation. He's the God of invitation inviting us in. What does it mean for us? How do we respond to this truth of who God is, what he's done, what he's saying to us? Well, here's four questions I have to live in response to who Christ is. And I call them four questions for the follower. The first one is this. If Jesus Christ is the beginning, are you beginning with Jesus? Some of you are here and you haven't quite made up your mind about who Jesus is, what he's done, and how to have a relationship with you. You're not alone. We have a lot of people seeking Jesus in this place each weekend, and we thank God for the opportunity to have dialogue with you. A lot of us come from backgrounds where we used to think, uh, if I'm just good enough, my good deeds will outweigh my bad deeds and Jesus will accept me. Or if I go to church and if I'm better than the person, there's always that person, right? You're better than. You can, as long as I'm better than that person, I'm in. And the scriptures just really confront us on that. And we're shown the truth of who Jesus is. And if we could measure up, if we could perform, if we could work our way back to God, Jesus would have never had to take on flesh and live a perfect life. We can't. So he did Jesus if we could die even die for the penalty for our sins and that would restore us back to God Jesus would have never had to come to die but God required a righteous sacrifice for sin And that was Jesus the lamb of God who took away the sin of the world Jesus had to die for us and Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated the power of sin and death in our lives We need Jesus begin with him I know a lot of you who are seeking go, oh, I don't know about the beginning of the world. I mean, is there a creator? Is there not a creator? Or how could a righteous, how could a loving God allow suffering to be on earth? Why do bad things happen to good people? And we all have our questions on that. Come back to Jesus. Is he who he said he is? Did he do what he said he did? Did he fulfill what he say, said would happen? And begin with Jesus. And, and the reality is, is if Jesus wasn't who he said he was, and if he didn't do what he said he did, then all the other things don't matter. Begin with Jesus. Come back to Jesus and begin with him. If you know Jesus, are you beginning life with Jesus? I think it's easy just to begin your day and to let other things crowd into your day. Let everything distract your day. But what if you began with Jesus because he was in the beginning? Why can't he be your beginning? Some of you are starting new endeavors. You're starting new businesses or you're starting up education again. Why not begin with Jesus? Some of you got into new relationships. Is that relationship beginning with Jesus? Because he goes before us. Is he leading you? Because here's the best definition i found of a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus, you ready for it? Follows Jesus. It doesn't get any more complicated, which means Jesus is before you. He's leading you. You're following. You can only be a good leader as you are a great follower of Jesus are called into beginning again with jesus if you are here and you're wondering how do i get back to a relationship with jesus begin with him realize he came he lived the perfect life you didn't and can't he died he rose again for you begin again with jesus secondly if jesus is the creator of all things are you allowing jesus to recreate you are you allowing jesus to recreate you if Genesis 1-1 was attached to this passage and Jesus created, he spoke and nothing became something and he commanded something and it was good and he crafted and he is he the creator of all things, then John 1-1 is a new creation. This God who showed up before time, before creation, and said, let there be. After the fall of Genesis 3, after we went our own way and we fell into sin, John 1.1 1, 1 is an introduction of the same God of creation who comes back to the darkness of sin, to the darkness of isolation, of depravity because of sin, and begins again and said, let there be life, let there be life. In Genesis, in John chapter one, Jesus is all about recrafting, transforming, recreating you. What is it that he wants to change? Everything. (laughs) He wants to change everything. All things. If anyone's in Christ, the old, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What has Jesus been changing in me? No one thinks he's recreating. He's recreating patience in me. Because I am naturally an impatient person. I want things to be done yesterday. I don't want to wait. Even, even on high speed internet, it's not fast enough for me. I had to wait three seconds. And the information, reality is, information went to space and back. And I'm impatient with three seconds. This is just crazy. So much in speed and technology and uh, responses are just we're conditioned to want it absolutely now and to not wait. Jesus is humbling me in that area because he's put people around me who take time. He take, put people around me who aren't changing on my command. And he's humbling me and he's asking me to look in the mirror at how patient he is with me. He's recreating me on that. He's also recreating me on anger. He's helping me to be kind. He's helping me to be more forgiving than I was. Even five or ten years ago. I, I trust people with God. And I forgive them much easier now than I used to. But he's always recreating something I found that in my life when I say no don't recreate that like it just the way it is Don't ask me out of that that tends to recreate me Into probably not a better picture of who Jesus is And you can you know sometimes we think if I just say no to Jesus, it's just like nothing happens But no you tend to deteriorate in your love in your relationship in you listening to him What? Is Jesus recreating in you? If you're taking notes right now, write down one word that Jesus is recreating in you right now. It might be forgiveness. It might be love. It might be patience like me. It might be faith. You've come from a very self-dependent background. And now you're learning how to trust him. Maybe it's the area of control where you control other people. And you're not happy until you're in control. And you're trusting to submit to his leadership and guidance in your life. Write down that one word. Because I think I think as we identify those things, you just give him more space in your life to recreate. We have a God. Who loves to restore you back. And only Jesus can do that. So begin with Jesus. Allow him to recreate. Here's the third question. Are you listening to the word of God? I love how Genesis shows the word of God. Because God spoke. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be And there was, let there be, there's that pattern going back and forth of let there be him commanding, him speaking, and immediately nothing became something. Everything obeys the word of God. And so if you were Jewish and you were hearing this from Moses as he wrote the first five books of the Bible, you were hearing the creation account. He was kind of saying, folks, I mean, if nothing obeyed the voice of God, something, we should obey the voice of God. When he speaks we need to listen to him. He's our authority. We need to obey him. And so when when God is speaking to us, and I believe God is speaking to each of us, as we go before his word, are we looking? Are we listening to him? One of the things when we were raising up three young boys and now they're young adults. But when we were raising three boys, we had a treasure chest and we used that treasure chest to really talk about our relationship with God and what we should treasure in our hearts. And one of them was a flashlight. And so we had a flashlight like this. Did I just burn everybody's retina? Um, I saw a few of you who were sleeping. Just I'll just point I'm just kidding you yeah. out. That's what I'll use this for in the future. Excuse me, sir, right there. Yes. Okay. No, but we used it how God is light. In him there's no darkness. And so God has given us his word to guide us and to direct us. It shines in the darkness. It shows us the darkness in our hearts, our independence, our pride, our selfishness. It shows us that. So we need to be okay if God shines the light in our lives. And we realize what was once in darkness is now in light. And we can confess that and we can trust him. But it also guides us around. The light of God's word interprets the world around us. And so as we look into God's word and it explains the reality of rebellion in the hearts of humanity against God, it helps us understand what's happening in the world. Do you see what's happening in the world? This is, I mean, this world is it's like the book of Revelation. It's just showing it. Yes, the Bible talks about that a lot. Do you see my own heart? I can't explain it. Keep reading in the word. How many people confess their hearts to the Lord who are broken, who are wounded, who are depressed? who are in rebellion. The word of God shows us who we are. And we have a God who's personal. A personal God speaks to us and calls us. So are we listening? Are you listening to the word of God? Are you putting yourself in a place where you can listen? Because God is speaking. We want to be people who hear and listen. And then the last question is this. Are you believing and receiving the person and power of Jesus? It says in this passage that Jesus came to his own, but his own people did not receive him. But to all who receive him, who believe on his name, he gives the right to become children of God. That's a great passage. Because it's a very inclusive invitation by the God of the universe to say, come into my family. Now, it's exclusive in that it's only through Jesus that we're saved. But it's inclusive that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so there's two responses to this. The first response in our invitation is, have you received the word into your life? And I love how it's phrased here, how John introduces Jesus in this invitation. He said, have you received him? Because you can't work for him. It's not up to you. And the world in darkness stayed in darkness. Jesus showed up into our darkness. He didn't wait for us to come to him. So this initiative and invitation is all of God. All we have to do is receive it. And we receive it like a gift. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now think about that. That's something we receive. And the reality is, if you come here seeking Christ today, wondering who he is, you found out, That he really is God. He wasn't just a man. Fully God, fully man. He took on flesh and he lived, he died, and he rose again for us. So that whoever calls on his name, whoever received his work, can be saved. And put in a right relationship with God. Have you received him? If you'd like to receive him, just right in the comfort of your seat. Just say, God, I get it. Thank you, Jesus, for living, dying, rising again for me. I get it. I believe you. And I receive everything you've done in your life on the cross and from the grave to heaven for me. I trust you. Thank you that I could be a part of your family. I just want to, I mean, what if that's you, I just celebrate that great day today, a defining moment in your life where you received the word who was at the beginning, the word who lived and died and rose for you, and the word who just saved you. Let there be life in you through Christ right now and then if you've received the word are you revealing the word because we get another person who kind of is to the side here and we're going to see him more develop if you keep reading the book of john but his name is john the baptist and john came to bear witness about the truth about jesus about the light he came and and uh, was not the light in other words he didn't make it about himself but he made his life about jesus Jesus would say, I tell you the truth, out of every one born, no one's greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist said of Jesus, I'm not even worthy to, to untie his shoes to wash his feet. I'm not even worthy to do that. He must increase. I must decrease. When we reveal Jesus, we step down from ourselves to make him greater in this world. And that's the pattern we're called into. If you know Jesus, you're called to reveal him. You're called to reveal him so that people see what Jesus has done in your life. We see, people can see what Jesus is saying and speaking through you. So your lives don't live to project an image of yourself as success that we kind of buttress with Facebook and all those other things that show the best side of us, but rather that people see Jesus through us. And people want to seek after Jesus because they've been with us. This is Jesus. The word. The word from the beginning. The word who acted. The word who spoke. And the word who invites us to be with him. In his family. Revealing, reflecting the light that he came to give. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the word made flesh jesus who dwelt with us you have always been a god who have been who's been with us and we thank you we humble our hearts before you we ask you to lead us to begin again with us some of us are just starting for the first time a relationship with you and a walk with you lord give us a greater appetite to follow you Recreate in our hearts. Recreate what you want to transform. We're open. We're willing. We don't know what this will look like. But Lord, we're willing to trust you. Because if you created everything that is, you you have the knowledge and the skill and the power to change us. Father, we want to listen to you. So give us ears that are willing to listen. And give us a heart and a mind and hands that are willing to follow you. To seize the day and reflect your glory on earth as it is in heaven. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and for your glory. Amen.